Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> If you're gonna spew, spew into this. The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. What's your favorite scary movie? You can't handle the truth! Hello and welcome to Real 90. I'm Nick Prince. I'm Eric Hunter. And I'm Ricky Glore. On this week's episode, or month's have episode, I Have you been I drinking? Say, I have been. <laughs> okay. We're... What have you been drinking? Plug it. What? Why? What have you been drinking? Plug it. Why would I? Like, Fat Tire's gonna give us money. Oh, did you hear that, Fat Tire? <laughs> give us some money. Hashtag, not an ad. <laughs> Ricky, what movie did we watch? We watched the biggest flop of 1990 uh, after watching the biggest hit of 1990, which was Ghost. The biggest flop is The Bonfire of Vanities. Uh, its budget was $47 million. Its domestic total gross was $15,691,192, meaning it lost about $32 million with a cast of Bruce Willis, Tom Hanks, Melanie Griffith, Griffith, and a slew of other people you have definitely seen in 90s movies and 80s movies Morgan before. Morgan Freeman. Don't forget Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan he is Freeman. not on the box or his name because I didn't even know he was in it. Right. You were surprised. I was like, Morgan Freeman. And for a second, I was like, oh, maybe this movie is good. I mean, I guess if you were back in the 90s and you saw that cast lineup, that would you would probably go see it. Because yeah. if you're looking at Tom Hanks, uh, he did Splash in 84. He just came off of two years prior to this. He did Big, which he was nominated for an Oscar. That's why you so see this movie. So immediately, yeah, you see. It because I would of Tom see Hanks. it for Tom Hanks yeah. and Bruce Willis. You have Die yep. Hard, mm-hmm. Die Hard Two, which was uh, what year was that? That was eighty. Uh, ninety ninety one. Eighty nine, I think. No, ninety ninety one. Because Die Hard no, was, it was ninety. It was ninety. Ninety. Okay. Yeah. So same year. Um, it actually came. Oh no, it came out uh, July fourth, I believe. So it came out. This came out December twenty first of nineteen ninety. Oh, so right. So on this the came cusp. out just before, you know, you know, earlier that year, it came out. So I mean, you if you if you're going to the theaters, no, late, and you see, late in the year. What if it's December 1990? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Die Hard 2 came out earlier in that year. Oh, sorry. It's got to be your bull. What? Hmm. It's got to be your bull. Something about a head up somebody's ass. <laughs> so this movie came out in December 31st. 21st. 21st. So December yeah. 21st. Mm-hmm. So they're completely this is the Christmas so, movie. So right. Well, one of the Oscars. Uh, we did this last episode. I think the cutoffs. Yeah, the cutoffs way before then, isn't it? Well, the yeah, the cutoffs. So they were then. not anticipating this movie to be a contender for an Oscar, then. Not for the '90 season, I would imagine. Well, you're not gonna. I mean, you have to be a really good fucking movie to try to hit the next year, right? I mean, but is every movie coming out going? I'm gonna try to. No, get to the but Oscars? I know that movie. Are you thinking because of the all-star cast out there? Well, like, and Brian De Palma director. Um, it based yeah. off of a, a New York. Uh, New York Times bestselling list novel. I mean, this movie, for all intents and purposes, with the budget you're spending on it, should have been a blockbuster. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. And Brian De Palma, if you're not familiar, he did Carrie, he did Scarface, The Untouchables, and then he would go on to do Mission Impossible. I think one of the. So, I mean, it's an all star cast up and down. I mean, one of the biggest things I think have going against it is, um, besides not being a coherent story and having a lot of focus in a lot of weird places, is it's rated R. Which a movie like this, which I didn't, I, I don't know why it was really after seeing it. Why it was really Melanie Griffith's nippies popping out? Yeah, but well, it's it never nudity at all. No, but I mean all the racial slurs. I mean that. that's true. Yeah, I guess language. Yeah, language I and guess nudity. Language could, but I, I guess it's more of the racial slur and the content itself. 
Right, right. because not it really, was, yeah, I mean, it was derogatory Language-wise, the there's not much in it. Demeaning an entire race. But. Yeah, I mean, sexual conversations between Melanie Griffith and Tom Hanks. Um, Which, I mean, you could have easily played that down. You could have written that oh, softly. Totally. You could have not, you could have just shown a woman in a bra and panties instead of, like, her nippies playing the Why do you keep calling them nippies? Nippies. Nips. <laughs> Nipples. Nipples. I don't. I don't. Uh, I only. I only know uh, jokey names for them and uh, nicknames. You could never be a doctor. No, I'd be like, uh, "Ma'am, your ding dong is <laughs> is not working." First of all, if, if the ma'am has a ding dong, that is probably yeah, yeah. well. I'm not calling the hostess snack. Right? <laughs> and she would. Say, I love ding dongs. They she would say, "I don't have a penis," and I was like, "Excuse me, I use ding dong as another body part." And she's like, "Well, why don't you just say no, the no, other my body doorbell's part?" Doorbell's going off. Ding dong, get <laughs> yeah. it? Ding dong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's this movie. I think was definitely wanting to be an Oscar movie based on his track record of bigger films. And like I said, I I felt like he was trying to go for a Scorsese movie. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of shots where, like the uh, the uh, the one I pointed out was the duel in focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like in the back. Yeah, um, so weird, um, like half and half picture where there's two different shots going on at the like same a split time. screen kind of going on yeah, a lot of weird the... dutch angles and extreme like low angle camera shots extreme close-ups up, but for extreme real close-ups. quick not long lingering i don't know right. like i think we all decided like it just feels like they couldn't settle on the style that they wanted or they were trying to echo another style and they were just doing a poor job at it like you said of course scorsese film yeah and then, like I mean, it was just the it, dp was and you want to butcher his name Oh, I'd have to look it up again. I forget his name. A famous He's... DP, if you looked it up, Deer Hunter, um, Close Encounters, yeah. Jersey Girl with Kevin, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Jersey Girl? Kevin Smith, not the Amy Gertz Jersey Girl. Um, I don't know what that means. So, I mean, I, like I said, I think they were going by getting someone of that caliber. They were wanting to make a bigger, better movie than they had. So was this book popular like, yeah was it like a like new york a times bestseller times? well yeah, yeah but i could take a shit in a paper bag and that could be a new york times bestseller <laughs> i'd read it i'd read it i, I don't know if the, yeah i'm gonna put that on the back of the bag thanks is that the review that's the review <laughs> this smells like a hit this is literally I a just, shit in a paper bag. i mean i i mean granted um so it was released uh, originally written as a uh, rolling stone um mini like mini stories, like novellas, like little pieces in Rolling Stone right, magazine. Like yeah, and then he put them all together and made it a novel. So it was big enough in Rolling Stone that it was big enough for a novel. It was big enough to be bought for a movie. Uh, I mean, it get, I don't know, like watching the movie. So I, I'm going to say I don't think the movie was that bad. Like, I don't think it's great. It's not good, but I wouldn't throw it into like – the same cesspool of like human centipede or right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's masquerading as trying to be a, a poignant movie where it's like, look at all these people, everybody, no one's doing anything for actual good except from Tom Hanks is the only character that's conflicted throughout the whole movie. He's like, I think we should go tell the cops. Right. Yeah. Like, I think we should do something. Everyone else is like, how can I personally gain Image wise, from what's going or on, or money, or yeah, use this whole event as like the stepping stone to right better their position. And really, their... Tom Hanks and Morgan Freeman, I think, are the only ones who are like, no, you have to stand for integrity, and this is the way it well, should be. Well, until Tom Hanks at the end, he completely yeah. nips that in the butt. His morals right. go out the window, and he's going to lie about because the system's screwing him, and it's ridiculous. And as we all know, that's legally not. Something you can so all right. Do. Let, well, let's set the scene. Well, let's go back. We're, Give us an synopsis of the movie. Way. 
Oh, I couldn't tell you. Um, this guy's uh, cheating on his wife with a mistress. They're out in a car driving around. They end up to a quote-unquote shady part of the Bronx, where mm. all of the Bronx apparently is a shady part of the Bronx. We just lost all of our Bronx listeners. Oh, man. Oh, man. Sorry, Tyrone. <laughs> Ooh. That, no? Just digging the hole even deeper. <laughs> Could have said Phil. <laughs> Phil Amar or nobody. To this show? Nope. Or nobody. Or nobody. Or nobody. Son of a bitch. When you, when you tag a race to it, that's what it makes a racist. <laughs> so um, they end up getting what I, I'm assuming it was muggers. I mean, I, I'm going to assume that they were going to end up mugging uh, these two. This, these two guys are going to end up mugging the two of them. And Tom um, Hanks, Melanie Griffith. Right. Yes. And uh, in, a, in a, a comedic act of trying to get out of there, she ends up running over, hitting one of the guys, the kids. So comedic. So, I mean, it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, he ends up going into a coma after this weird side story plot about a hospital, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Yeah, malpractice and all that. Yeah. And he went in. They, they said all you have is a broken wrist. They said that, sent him home. But he actually had a pretty had severe a concussion. concussion. Right. So he's – whatever. So he's in a coma. Now they're looking for – they're out for blood. They're trying to find this guy because it's a hit and run. And the city, on the other hand, is now looking for – the DA is looking for as much as they can uh, someone white to prosecute because as it is uh, explained – It's an electoral year. It's electoral for the mayor. Year. It's a yeah. predominantly black community. And they say most of the people who are brought – to the bench are hispanic or black right so if to get the black vote and the hispanic vote if you could bring a rich white guy and put him behind bars that would be like oh he's fighting for us he's not just putting us in our kind right. of way right and morgan freeman they try to show that as an example at the beginning and morgan freeman as the judge is just like look this white guy a you're bald trying morgan freeman. a bald yeah that was jarring super young sexy. and bald oh so good <laughs> I would just check my fortune every day of the week. I, so he he's they're trying to prosecute this different white guy, and he's like, ah, this ain't the one. And so you know this story that Tom Hanks and Moni Griffith hitting this hit-and-run guy. You're like, oh, well, Tom Hanks is going to be the guy that ends up taking the fall, right. even though he was not driving. So there's a lot of different motivations throughout this movie, and a lot of it is hard to keep track of, I feel. Because, like you were saying before, we only get small snippets of everybody, mm -hmm. and um, the 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 snippets that we get are extremes. Like they're a hundred percent the entire time. It's not like a gradual uh, listen into this person's psyche. It's just you know the mayor was I don't know within the first thirty seconds of seeing him, like he spouted out like fifteen slurs of the people who live in the yeah. different boroughs. Like, I kind of feel like it wasn't extreme enough. I feel it was kind of meandering in the middle that I think all these characters should have been done as caricatures. So like right. the Reverend Reverend Bacon, which I think you're saying Reverend they should have been bigger. I'm saying like when they when you see them, it should have been caricatures that you know they're all abusing this situation right. to their gain. Because we spend too much time with Tom Hanks, and even though Tom Hanks is super likable and good in this movie, we follow his trajectory where it really doesn't feel like it's his story. It's the city story and the powers that run it. So, and I would be okay. So, and then they try to make Bruce Willis, who they're like, he controls the media. And no, he's really so, controlling what you think. Okay. So, if you're saying that 
this movie is supposed to be just like here is a snippet in time. Here is a vertical slice that is, that happened between May and uh, August. So we sh- we spent too much time with Tom Hanks then his character. We spent too much time with his character yeah. because we did grow to like him. Like we shouldn't have grown to like him. It should be presented to us more of like facts, I guess. I don't know. Like I feel like so this was snippets in Rolling Stone, but it plays more out like a play to me. Like we're watching acts or yeah. scenes. It doesn't work in a movie. <laughs> I yeah. don't think. I... Well, and on top of that, Bruce Willis's character is a reporter who is a chronic alcoholic, so he is automatically an unreliable narrator because he's completely shit faced the entire time throughout this film. Like I, where you feel like where we've spent too much time with Tom Hanks, I feel like we didn't spend enough time with with Bruce Willis's character. I think to me, like I almost felt like we didn't need but Bruce Willis's of, character at all. All of his investigative all. journalism. Well, yeah, we don't need it all. Like we it's, mentioned before, it's like what makes his stuff. story any more important than Nothing. any of the That's other journalists? Like Nothing. we don't, we don't need Bruce Willis. I feel Bruce in this Willis's movie. character is examining and overturning stones of information that we already saw as the audience right. know. Yeah. And, so and any reporter could have done. Yeah, like it wasn't like he uncovered some Russian connection or something like that. It would like, be different no if we were like, and I think they tried to do it, or they're trying to tell the the story through Bruce Willis, but they did a poor job at it. We saw the story through almost you saw everyone else. And yeah. yeah. And then yeah. we the scenes that right. Tom Hanks weren't was not in was with these other pivotal figures of the DA, the lawyers, the Reverend, um, the people that Morgan Freeman dresses down and calls out in his last super weird monologue. Yeah, it was kinda odd. He's like, you are all doing this for all the wrong reasons and blah blah blah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we get that from the scenes we saw. Like, I wanted to see it more of like where you're through the eyes of Bruce Willis and he's doing more investigative reporting. So you and... wanted Scooby Doo, not Columbo. Because uh, in Columbo, well, I didn't even you know... get either. Because Columbo, at least you follow the the reporter around well, all true, time. Yeah. Like, but if we're doing that, then us as the audience, I don't want to know all the stuff he's uncovering. Then I want to discover. But I want to discover it, it with Willis him. Is. No, but that's what I'm saying. I want right. to discover it with him. Right. So he is the avatar for us, and as he's learning it, we are learning it too. Not getting it three different times from Melanie Griffith talking to Tom Hanks, from Tom Hanks talking to his lawyer about it, to then Bruce Willis uncovering the t- like. Yeah, the memory span in this and the, for these characters is super short because they're constantly repeating themselves about. Like I get it; it's a court case. You want it to explain everything to everybody, and it always ends up being the same story. But like as an audience member, it's like. I don't need to be constantly hit over the head with this information. Right. And I couldn't, like, connect with any of these characters. Like, I, for that same reason, it was short, such a short attention span. Like, you're jumping from one character to another. Like, let me settle on one character. Because right that. off the bat, you have Tom Hanks, who is America's dad. Everyone loves. Um, he's, and, like, 26. And he's <laughs> he just was pumping babies out real quick. Right out of his butt. Um, and he's an adulteress. So we're like, oh, I don't think it's I like. Super weird. I don't think I like Tom Hanks yeah. in this movie. He's kind of a lying weasel. Well, then Melanie Griffin comes off like a skank. So, but well, how great would it have been if we know that they got in an accident, and from what we already know of Tom Hanks, like, oh man, we don't. I don't know if I like him. That then we don't know who actually was driving. The twist would be it was her. It was her, and yeah. that he did have this sense of like protection, like. Even though he's an adulteress, he still had feelings that was kind of duped by the skank of Melanie Griffith. You could smell it. And so until his back is pushed up against the wall that she's going to let him fry, that's when that ta- like the tape thing happens. I don't know. It's just 
is the story about Tom Hanks and his character. No, it, I think you're well, right. I think you can go a step farther and also make it when he gets his back up to the wall that does he turn her in and he he's now and right. kind of like an associate to the to the hit and run and but also on that is like now his wife's going to find out about her. Right. Like his he, wife's he, a he doesn't want person. any of the spotlight to happen. Yeah. So right. it's like, does he just take the fall and hopefully she shuts up Melanie Griffith's character? And then Bruce Willis uncovers that he actually was lying. He's taking the fall for all this. Right. And that's where we uncover that information. Otherwise, fucking get rid of Bruce Willis unless he's writing an expose tearing down each faction of the city that we had mentioned. Right. right. Which he's not. No. Yeah, I just that was my biggest thing. It's like, and I and I think it's more of a studio thing. So they threw Bruce Willis in there. He, I think he was the highest paid actor in there by several millions sense. of I mean, dollars. Action star, diehard, yeah. and that's the only reason it has. To and they just wanted to put him on the billboard so the people long would come tracking and see shot because he doesn't after the opening scene. Oh, he's got what maybe two lines during that whole six minute scene at the beginning. Yeah, well, in his narration. Yeah, his narration. He probably did that in, from yeah. his living room. Oh no, no, definitely. <laughs> but I'm guaranteeing you, the studio was he probably like probably was still drunk. That character, I'm sure, doesn't appear like that in the book. Mm-mm. And he well, wasn't... no, he's probably in the book the entire time. Well, well, I no, no, no. I think that character, character comes in character. 45, like then comes in back in the movie 40 minutes back into the movie, and people are like, well, it's kind of like Mallrats. The original edit of Mallrats didn't have them getting into the mall until 40 minutes into the movie, oh, and they were like, oh, I mean, which was a good studio note. Note was like. He's called Mall Rats. Yeah. I gotta get to that mall. Um, so what? This, I think the studio. I think what mall? They were like, we're paying Bruce how much? Oh, he better be in the first 10 minutes right. if we're not going to see him again until later 40. Yeah. It was more like an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. This movie goes on forever. It does. It feels super long. And I don't feel like anybody. When Morgan Freeman does his monologue, tearing down everyone. God, what a terrible judge! He could not control that court. Yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> well, the, the, well, the, cl- if that was a normal judge, like that would have cleared. that Well, the sheriff didn't do anything either. They were no. just like deputies, like yeah, there's a crowd. Yep. Mm. Oh, you see you that the old... reverends like like choir Gospel. singing behind him. Yeah. You have a weird old hippie woman uh, who yeah. is there every her nasty court flat titties. Yeah, she didn't out. have anywhere else to be. That was her. Uh, she's trying to get out of the rain. So, yeah, he's a terrible judge, too, because he allows evidence at the end of this recording between um, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I was getting ready to say Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Is that who I want in this movie? Ooh, what? I guess. <laughs> Face. I found oh. a tape. Uh, <laughs> I'm knowing it, too. <laughs> this is a tape of you farting, Nick. <laughs> Isn't it good? No, he does not go by Nick. Nick. He goes by Nicholas. Nicholas. He's one of those guys. The notorious NIC. So Tom Hanks, I must have Nicholas Cage. Tom Hanks has this tape. Bees! Because in this this other weird story, the place where Melanie Griffith and Tom Hanks, I don't think we've mentioned, they're like super socialites. Oh, yeah. They're um, New York. Yeah. Like super high society, rich, uh, very well known in their communities. He's a Um, stockbroker. Or he, he works, works on Wall, on Wall Street. Street. Yeah, she's a whore. <laughs> Melanie no. Griffith. Yeah. She's married. Are to you an talking old man about money? Yeah. No, Judy, yeah. his actual, his wife, Judy McCoy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she yeah, she comes about. off as like she comes from she... rich family money. She doesn't work. Well, so does Tom Hanks though, because they visit his dad in the house. Yeah, but I mean, he has a job though. Clearly, well, she doesn't have a job. Like she, to me, she comes off as like she comes from 
Oh, she lives in her own high society. Yeah. Well, like, and they make a point to ground his dad about being taking the subway every day and yeah. working for like his he life almost came and, from blue collar and right. worked his way up to white collar kind of a thing. So, yep, we have that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, what I was going to say about the tape, Melanie Griffith, while they're boning her and Tom Hanks, she has a place that she pays a friend of hers. Who has it's kind of like friends. There's rent control on the apartment. Yeah, and her friend would have to pay more if the building knew that she didn't live there. Oh well, no, they so they so can, Melanie Griffith pays right. her more because she only pays an eight hundred dollars in rent. Right. She pays like three hundred, and then Melanie yeah. Griffith's character sub lets that apartment for eleven hundred because if the main that one, whole plot part of it i was like doesn't need to be well, that's, that's the whole movie well, no, no that's the other problem with this movie is that they make these very loose connections between these very different characters, characters. Yeah. they try to link them yeah where Melanie griffin's character is um banging some other dudes or chick's husband and then they ran away and he's an artist but then it's her apartment it i don't and she so the building was bugging the apartment to find out that she actually didn't live there but it records a conversation that Melanie Griffith and Tom Hanks have when Tom Hanks is having trepidation. Which is also like, against so, the law. So what I'm wondering is a lot of that probably yeah. was in the book, and that was or the the the. What so what's the time the, the series or whatever it was the. So those were probably several chapters where it was mm-hmm. where they're trying to. It's just it was it was somebody trying to take the book and they made a bad screenplay with it where they were just trying to shove everything into it. So where this took several chapters of these relationships where that would have been interesting in the book. And now they're taking ten minutes out of the movie to just be like, "Oh yeah, these two people are connected." By the way, by the these way, people know. because blah 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 blah, yeah, which would have taken like a chapter. That or two is in a why book. this movie's a flop. It's not the the actors because the, the acting's not terrible. Like it's okay. Like Tom Hanks, I think did it's a pretty good job. Not the story, right? The story is interesting enough. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, I think the direction, although odd and kind of think... goes out there, wasn't bad like you could follow it it wasn't hard to watch like but i the think fact- it was unfocused though and where it comes for me for the directing is t- the director also dictates a little bit of what the screenplay what they're going to shoot sure yeah. and so tonally and the focus of the direction i think uh, what bugged me a lot is that, like the transitions between scenes was horrible like it seems like they had scenes built but they didn't know how to get to each scene well, that's because they weren't made to be gotten anywhere yeah. like it was they were these were uh, wait till next month until or it was the next this is the end of the chapter okay we're starting a whole nother chapter yeah. where it's fine to no do that in a book, but in a movie like you need to be able to connect but i think that's what killed this movie i think it's just bad it's not a movie it's just meant to be a book like right. it's the wrong medium like the book may have been a new york bestseller but you know, not every book it should be made it was into just a, a movie bad adap- and vice versa. Adaptation. Or maybe it's something that or editing plays or... like a yeah. TV series or a miniseries like The Wire, where they sure. deal with different well, cases. Well, like where you could have 12 episodes, yeah. an hour apiece to like explain the one story. Episode and you could do those, the those one character is just about connections. The one is yeah. just about. Exactly. You know, and every now and then you pepper in Tom Hanks' character to be like, let's follow where he's going and his sadness of blah, blah, blah. Like, right. Tom Hanks. Looks like shit after his arraignment and getting arrested, and he bumps into Bruce Willis on the on the on the, um, the curb or whatever. Curb, yeah. and they go in the subway, and Tom Hanks is oblivious, knowing that Bruce Willis is the person who first broke the story of the hit and run. Right, and Tom Hanks looks terrible, and he says, "Oh my God, I smell terrible. I think I pissed myself when I was in the jail cell," and like starts crying. And I was like, "Aw." 
And then what happened? They cut, and yeah. he's like drunk and laughing. Yeah, about and I'm like, how oh, he, don't care he was driving. Yeah, yeah, and I just I couldn't give two shits. And then it's the thing I was gonna say before is the way that Tom Hanks um, gets off. And I almost said Jim Carrey that time because I started thinking a liar, liar in the courtroom. <laughs> Um, are you drunk? No, I'm not. I'm 100% with Hi? Him. Are you nope. lit up like a Christmas tree? I am 100% lucid. I'm fucking lit! Uh, he plays a tape, the Tom Hanks of the recording, where Melanie Griffith admits to being the driver. And Morgan Freeman, the only sticking point for him for this evidence that's introduced without the other counsel hearing it first or having it properly introduced Was as the evidence fact of the that case. she likes to suck a soft dick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean... I, she did not deny that. I mean, as a guy, sure. I <laughs> if would, I had to choose, it would probably be a soft <laughs> If I'm sucking dick, they better be soft. I mean, it, it would be nice to not already be aroused and start at, like, the infancy of the right, arousal. Right, but who is? Right, I mean, if... I know I'm not. You pretty much I'm know... I'm hard it, right now. You know you're... That's not anything a girl can, like, surprise you with. Right, It's just now. like, hey, we're just talking. Oh, hold your mouth of a dick! <laughs> but even if I'm talking to a girl, I do have a hard on. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just something that happens <laughs> to me. <laughs> just wow. lightsaber wow. away. No? Wow. Just me? Wow. Just you. So you keep mentioning other actors' names uh, and, and well, actresses for, for the play. So the studio yeah. is confused as well. What? Um, for Peter Fallow, which was Bruce Willis, finally, or when it, when it came all said and done. Okay. Jack Nicholson was considered for the part. Mm-hmm. And He's got a better voice. John Cleese, because apparently the... Mm. Well, the, the well, no, because the the Monty Peter Fallows character in the book was British, huh. so John Cleese was considered so a more interesting narrator to listen to. But for, turned down on for American obvious ears, for, which that that goes with me with the tonal like which the is tone weird like, thing is because there were times trying to play this as a comedy, and times not playing like playing it as and like apparently a and like, I and again like, I, n- n- none of us read the book, but I know your brother. Did, yeah, but he never really said. But I, Again, I believe the bar, the the book was darker and more cynical than right what it was. But it was probably more of a studio direction to make it more of a lighthearted. Well, yeah, you said they spent seven hundred fifty thousand dollars just for the rights of the. You, yeah, I mean, they gave. Uh, you can't have a blockbuster if it's dark and cynical. Right. Yeah. Um. For Sherman McCoy, who was uh, it was decided to be Tom Hanks. It was Steve Martin, but hmm. they decided that he was too old. Hmm. He looks old, but and, he's looked that um, way since I not, They say nothing about his age in this. And I, and I believe... Oddly Martin. enough, though, the guy who plays Tom Hanks' dad in the movie... Yeah. Plays Steve Martin's dad in... Uh, what's the Goldie Hawn movie where... Oh, she's living at his house that he had built. What? For Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. Oh, oh my, wife, this my the... wife's going to kill me because she loves this movie. Oh. Houseguest. Never. Houseguest. Never well... So that guy plays Steve oh, really? dead. So there's oh, really? yeah, there's no like That's interesting. That See, that's a better when did that come out? than right it's got to be right around the same time here. Like maybe like making copies 92. of her Vagoo. I mean, oh yeah, that was such a weird scene. Anyway, scenes went on way too long. Yeah. Were you getting ready to dissect uh, more another of one was uh more. for Sherman McCoy uh which was Tom Hanks' character um I think Brian De Palma wanted uh it was either Brian De Palma or Tom um Wolf who was who wrote the novel wanted uh Chevy Chase. 
which um, <laughs> maybe it's just like I saw Saturday Night Live and I love that guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I saw National Lampoon. Steve and... Martin was hosting, <laughs> and exactly, I love him. Exactly. One of the thirty times that he's hosting. And then I saw Melanie Griffith's boobs, and I was like, I those need nips them. pop out of bras. You are hired. <laughs> um, for Judge White, which was um, oh, Morgan his Freeman. name was Judge White. Yeah, Judge White. Uh, and you got that. on me about that, right? No, that's a thing from the movie. That's not me. It was Judge Leonard White was Morgan Freeman's character. Uh, they they wanted uh, originally... Uh, Unless it's Leonard Part 6 with Bill Cosby. Walter Matthau. Let's not talk about Walter, Walter Matthau. Matthau. I guess yeah. that. But he wanted a million dollars, so that was too much. Huh, that makes so sense. So then they did Alan Arkin, which shit. wanted far less money. Who? Alan, Alan Arkin. Arkin. The grandfather from Little yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then, but the studio decided they, since it was a racial... More racial tones in the movie yeah. that they wanted a black Which, unfortunately, American actor. So that's they did true. Morgan Freeman. That, I mean, unfortunately, that is true. Yeah. In the society, there were. But again, it would have been an interesting movie to have those. Like, would Jack, it though? Jack so Nicholson. What would they would have brought? I don't, I don't know. It's been just the aesthetic of but, Hi, I'm Jack Nicholson. Okay, Hi, I'm Jack Nicholson. Again, it's not Still. the actors because we have a great cast. Yeah, it's yeah. the writing. It's well, and it's yeah, the yeah, yeah. it's the way it's presented because it almost to me this movie needs to be done as a farce. Like I was saying, like taking it to the next step, because even the judge Morgan Freeman, as good of an actor as he is, he's doing things that are unbelievable as a judge. He's letting this evidence in. He's then not quieting he's, his courtroom. He's acting ridiculously. Yeah, he's not. But he's not. If you're gonna have him talk, like there was one part where he's talking to a lawyer, and he almost goes into like Shakespearean. A little bit with the exchange. Oh, yeah, the behoovals. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so that I, caught me off guard. I, I was like, the one who behooves me. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. And then even for him to leave his stand, like not controlling the, the everyone out in the courtroom, um, getting them ushered out of there, leaving his stand to make that grandiose monologue almost seemed like something at the end of a Shakespearean play that they oh, would. It's a farce. It's yeah. All, it's all, yeah. It is a farce, but they're not, they don't want to play it as a farce. Right. Even so much so that we talked about the cast of a lot of recognizable faces at the beginning who they all in their small way come back when shit starts getting bad for Tom Hanks. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we support you, but we, you're fired. Yeah. The, yeah. You're fired. And, you need to move out. And the building needs you. Yeah. Once you to move yeah. out like Kurt Fuller, that guy who works for the building, um, you Does see he work for the building or is he just, yes. Yeah, oh, no, he's on the board. Yeah. He's on the board. The for... Oh, okay. Okay. So you see all these actors in the beginning, and we all recognize them because we know who they are. Sure. So we know they're going to play a bigger part later, even though, like we said, snippets happen early. We're like, oh, that's Kurt Fuller. No, that's this person. No, that's blah, blah, blah. Of but course. I... Yeah, they do come back. But in 1990, if you'd been watching this movie, I wouldn't have remembered that I'd seen those people earlier in the movie. Right. Later in the movie, I'd be going, Well, because their that? parts are un- are forgettable. That's The, the parts right. that they play when are did, forgettable. Um... Because Kurt Fuller, he was in Ghostbusters. When did? Um, he was Ghostbusters also eighty four. Wayne's World. Wayne's so World. Yeah, I would have probably got. Because the whole time I kept seeing Kurt Fuller, I was like, "Oh, that's the guy from Ghostbusters. That's the guy that worked in the mayor's office. That's See, the guy that worked in the mayor's ours, office." Ours is. You did Wayne's, Wayne's World. World. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I immediately thought. Interesting. Did you say that over and over in your head? I did. That's the guy who works in Wayne's World. I was like, that's who guy was he in the mayor's office? That's the guy who's in Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to. Oh, be you like, mean like Wayne's World? I was like, was he the guy that doesn't have a dick? The dickless. <laughs> dick- no, no, that's the guy. The other guy. That's the guy from Die Hard. Die Hard. That was the reporter. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. That man has no dick. So, yeah, I think if this movie is done as a farce, you can keep your same cast 
you, I mean, there's except for Bruce Willis. Yeah, for Bruce Willis. Well, fuck and, Bruce Willis. He's not even in this movie. The, char- not, the character why, shouldn't really exist. Keep him in there. Yeah, he should just. <laughs> he should just be. He should be a disembodied voice. That is all he should. But be. he's a horrible narrator. He is, or he needs to be the point person. Can he between... be the judge and Morgan Freeman can be the narrator? <laughs> I'm Morgan Freeman. No, no, that's Tom Hanks. Is that screwed. hadn't happened yet. Um, but no, what or I was going to say is, shit. so if you're going to have all of these heads, uh, like the Reverend, the DA, and all these Tom Hanks lawyers, there has to be a conduit through all of them, and they do it a little bit when Bruce Willis is with Geraldo Rivera, and he's watching the Reverend getting interviewed. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing him recognize that this is all circus, right? And everything's well, going to play out the way that it's all yeah. for TV. It's all yeah, you know. right. And so Bruce was like, ha, 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 "Just another day in the big city, and I'm going to report it." He, we need to see him with each one of these people, right? Writing maybe an expose, and mm-hmm. maybe he's the one that gives the speech at the end instead of Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Because so what he's does the he one give the speech it? like at the, when he's wasted in front of all those people at the I ball, and then like, they're all there again. I don't know. This movie's a mess. It's, or it's just like he's narrating, like, that's his final article about the case. And that's his ending yeah, like, a paragraph, think, and that's just kind of like him. I think the movie, if the movie would have ended, the fact that, hey, I wrote this book, and this very important case happened to this city that I live in, that I love, and it still meant jack shit. Like, I think that would have been a the better The book would ending. have not been yeah, successful. If it would have not been as big as it, they make the book out to be. And he's still sitting in that shit-ass apartment on the floor because he's drunk and the phone's ringing because his boss is wanting to know where he's at. Yeah. Like, to me, that is a better like ending. Like, Tom Hanks gets away and becomes a hero and, like, makes even more money and everything that he's right. gone through even more morally ambiguous. That everyone else who was on top is still on top. Melanie Griffith gets off for what? Well, gets off. Yeah, she's Gets off, off for whatever reason. And he's she's the one. so wet in this He's movie. the one telling the truth. And, right. like, say the black family and the reverend, they win the lawsuit against the hospital. They drop the suit against Melanie Griffith, blah, blah, blah. And that Bruce Willis is still a drunk piece of shit and just, like... So the that story would show that the world we live in is shit and there's nothing that you could possibly do to change it, especially not one man, which is what he matter. tried to do. Yeah. To me, that is a better story. But, but, then, but then again, here we are trying to make a terrible movie better. Yeah, we are fansplaining... <laughs> Right. Right. We're like We are Star Wars fans. <laughs> That's what we do. We are constantly trying to make movies better. Is there anything else interesting about this movie that I think the most interesting character in this entire movie is the teacher washing his car. When he says that an honorable student No seriously, he says that an honorable student even even, oh, oh the teacher washing his car. The yeah. actor is actually in a Burt Reynolds movie called Sharky's Machine, but yeah, he's yeah, washing yeah, his yeah. red Corvette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. he says that an honorable student Your face though, Nick, you're like, like No no no, I was like, what the fuck is this? Guy? What movie are we watching? <laughs> is this Dangerous Minds? <laughs> I'm so drunk right now. Fat tire, so delicious New Belgium. Um no, this the teacher's line is uh, if a student is on the honor roll, means that they came to class and did not piss on the teacher. Mm. Yeah. Like, to me, that is a very hard look at what that kind of rural, or not rural. Urban. Urban. Rurals. Rural. That farmland of a town, the Where Bronx. And, yeah, Sorry, like what, a, do you, what are you saying? Judicial. It's a judicial system. Sir, he's drunk. Please take him out. Timmy's stuck in a well. Should, like, it's a hard look at what an urban um, right, school could be. Right, because what did 
all Bruce Willis wanted that teacher to say was that he was an honor student. Of course. And so he said he didn't he didn't make waves. Yeah, so he could quote. So he did. So yeah. he did. And so the front page yeah. was honor the student. Honor student. Yeah. Right. Graduation. He could quote him as saying as honor student. He wasn't student. a flunk out oh, student. Oh, imagine that. Bruce Willis' character is a piece of shit in this movie, too. Like, that's the problem. Playing there the are system. no good people in this movie. And that's what the movie's saying, but it's not doing that. It's having scenes go wow. on way too long when these people get their moments, like the DA, and he goes up to the map saying where all the voters are blah, blah, right. blah. And he's like, it's going to be the first time that a black DA wins. And he's like, oh, you're a white guy. I thought that was weird, too. He was really white. Right, that he was going to connect so well with the black people. And that's what this is supposed to be, is like everyone who has power is a piece of shit. And look at it. It's a circus. And it's all for nothing. But I didn't feel that way at the end of the movie. Like, like even so, even the kid's mom, right? Like, oh yeah, was like, soon oh, she was well, just like, what? I can get somebody needs millions a, of dollars. Pull a car around for me so I can go shopping because of my baby. And it's like, wow, okay, like that is just terrible. Like that's that's bad parent. It almost felt like this movie wanted to be. And this is an Oscar movie that ended up winning, but since everyone says the worst movie to win Best Picture is Crash. It's because Crash is a really bad movie. So, but that's what almost this feels like. But at least they were direct, solid, and dark. With well, they stuck with a single tell the theme story. and yeah, they went of for racism. it. Yeah. yeah, where this it was like, is it corruption? Is it absolute power? What's well, not that? It's, it's like absolutely. okay, and then you have the church involved. Right. You have media involved. You have the, the DA. Or You're the doing DA, it in the name of justice. The, the yeah, name of God. In the name of George Washington. <laughs> George Washington Carver. Honest Abe. Honest Abe. Honest Bill. Look, that guy don't tell no lies. <laughs> I did not have sex. She just blew me. <laughs> That's not sex. The blackest guys. president we've had since Obama. Guys, got since he became or before since, but since before. Uh, I don't Shef- know. Not Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I, like a lot of films that are this bad, they're pl- they're plagued with production issues. And uh, there is a book out. It's more facts. The, more facts. Yeah. <laughs> the Devil's Candy: The Bonfire of the Vanities Goes to Hollywood. Why is it called The Devil's Candy? I don't know. But apparently that does, it's written by Julie Salomon, and it was uh, Brian. Fuck her. Brian De Palma gave her just basically yeah. all the oh, okay. the war stories of making this flick, and one of them was surprise surprise. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Tom Hanks was a terror to work with, and Bruce Willis was a dream. Flip that. Oh, okay. flip that. Oh, oh yeah. wait, Bruno was bad. Uh, Bruno was bad. <laughs> Bruno was bad. <laughs> Apparently, they, you call they, the cast and the crew just so, disliked him the whole time because how, surprise, surprise of his big ego. Huh. Do we know how long this movie took to make? Like what the production cycle was? 14 minutes. No, from what I... I think it was like April to July, I think. So a long... long no, 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 no. April of 90 to July of 90. Yeah. Like, and that's pre-production and everything? or that's uh, I don't know. I think that was just production. Just like... Sh- I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Four months. I just, I just, four months is yeah. not. Nah, four months is yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it I took that long. Average. I mean, it's a big film um, with all those names. You probably only get them for four months. But God, if that, I mean, yeah. So I mean, Tom Hanks, though, kudos to him, because Bruce Willis n- didn't ever really go on. I mean, like Sixth Sense, like he did some semi-critically acclaimed movies. I say not go on to do any good movies. Well, I mean, I was gonna say action, right? We're like Tom Hanks. Have you seen any of the Die Hard movies after two? No, 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 no. He's been in a he lot. He did. Of them. He did action. 
He was oh, primarily oh, known oh, for you're talking about Oh, you're saying like a drama. A like, right. Like, like this, I think, was supposed to serious be... Serious actor. Right. Breaking in a little bit more Air of like... if you didn't see him. Well, he yeah. was in... What was it? Moonlight something? Moonlight. Well, that was yeah, prior Moonlight. to this. Yeah, Moonlight TV. Oh, was it yeah. prior, was prior to this? Prior to this. Um, he, I think this was supposed to be his break into like, I'm going to do some real stuff. He's yeah. not in the movie. No. And like, that's... To have an ego <laughs> he's like, this is easy. I got a big paycheck. I only had to be on set for about a week. I sit in my living room and record the rest of these lines. I'm Tom, drunk. Tom Hanks, on the other hand, I think what his next big movie after this was Philadelphia. Um, probably. Uh, I don't know. So I'm, look, well, I'm but, saying, yeah, is, I think so. He did not go down with. I think the, that was yeah, with I the think, bonfire of this movie. Well, did, I think I think he didn't this Harris was. Support it? No. Yeah, this was one. He he kind of had the same where he wanted to do a more of a serious yeah. serious role. But I'm saying this, movie but it wasn't until Philadelphia where yeah. he was actually respected as like a serious actor. I'm gonna guess that really he, like a drama. I like mean, a, when was um? I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna look it up. Yeah, because I mean, he was doing. <clears throat> he did Splash and he did Big. He came Bachelor that. Party. Bachelor Party was yeah. prior to the all man those. with one red shoe. Yeah. Um, uh, the Joe versus the Hulk. He did. Act, I think just prior to this was The Burbs, which I love. That's, yeah, that's one of my top. Dragnet. I really like that movie. So he was doing comedy. Yes, and so this was a little bit more of a serious. Got to play. Oh, so Wider here's Rage. what he did right after this movie. Yeah, well, yeah. which was. Um, oh, he did. Uh, what was the volcano? Um, Joe versus the volcano. That yeah, was that was before. Yeah. That was right before this. Yes. But right after this, in Sleep terms of just Seattle. film, no, oh. A League of Their Own. Oh wow! Boom. You did go. that before Philadelphia? Philadelphia was 93. So, well, here's his timetable. Well, this is movie releases. <sighs> he had a good 90s. This is movie oh, releases. So it's stupid 90s, Big yeah. was 88. Uh, yeah. Punchline was 88. Yeah. Burbs was 89. Yeah. Turner and Hooch was 89. Turner and Hooch, yeah. Joe versus the Volcano was 90. This pile of shit was 90. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe versus the Volcano is pile of shit, Bonfire too. of yeah. shit. It's the first... Uh, uh, Meg Ryan and him together. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's why that name sticks out for me. Um, a League of Their Own was 92. Sleepless in Seattle was 93. Holy shit. Philadelphia was 93. There you go. Forrest Gump was 94. Yeah. Apollo 13 was 95. Oh, give it to me. Toy Story was 95. <laughs> Daddy! And this is why he's my favorite actor. Saving yeah, Private Ryan was 98. We've got Mail was 98. Yeah, Toy Story 92. What no? I love we've you've got mail. Yeah, you, didn't you just watch that recently? I did. And you were just like, this was amazing. Oh, oh no, 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 no. We've got you've we've, we've got, got mail. We've got mail. We've all got, got the mail. mail. That's we've the sequel mail. that never happened. You've got mail is a beautiful vertical slice of what the '90s were about. It was the invention of uh, the internet coming into everybody's home, so everybody had AOL and Look, email. I'm, it was the big boom with Starbucks, so no, everybody I get was. It. I get it because like when Why I you give me shit? when I watch Sleepless in Seattle, you know, that when, movie is not good. when I watch. Oh my god, it is. They so are much on better screen for two. Well, yes, yes, it is. Wait, wait, but so him and Meg Ryan. Like, no, Sleepless in Seattle is not a good movie, but it's better than You Got Mail. Yes. Just because a movie is good or bad doesn't mean if I like it or not. Oh no no no! I'm, yeah, you can. Like I it like You Got Mail better than Sleepless in Seattle for I like the reasons on and. Got mail, but Steve Zahn's great in that yeah. movie. Um, but yeah, it's Sleepless in Seattle. They're on screen together for two, too, right? two minutes. Isn't he Tom They're Hanks best assistant? friends. Yeah, yeah they're best yeah, yeah. friends. Yeah, they're working on the, the bookstore together. I Fox. need to see these movies again. Fox. Watch Can you Sleepless spell cat? in Seattle first. They're on screen together for two minutes. It's the worst. Oh, and Sleepless? Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're in opposite ends of the. Yeah, yeah she's in New York. She's in New York? Or he's, he's in Seattle. Yeah. But and he's sleepless. He can't fall only, asleep, right? He can't sleep. Well, no, that's the kid's name. When he sleepless? calls into the radio show, when they call him, when he calls into the radio station, oh, they sleepless. call him okay. sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. 
I mean, so that's the only difference in You Got Mail is they're like, all right, it's going to be Sleeps in Seattle. No, 